You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. I realize um, that as um, I grow um, as a communicator or as a pastor, as you grow um, as church family as well as we all grow together, what I've learned is that all of us are not on the same page as it relates to what worship is about, uh, what praise is about. Um, some of us don't understand or know exactly. So because of that, that's kind of why we uh, operate the ways that we are uh, do oftentimes. It is not that we don't want to worship. It's not that we don't want to praise, but a lot of times we don't know what to do. Um, and the context that I've told you many times, those of you who are first-time guests, this is the first time you'll hear this, but those of you who don't know uh, my context and how I was raised, I was raised in a very traditional setting uh, where we had... Um, deacons that kind of led things and then we had a little choir that consisted of four people uh, that really wasn't a choir that was kind of like the four heartbeats not the five heartbeats um, and we had um, those situations and it was a very traditional setting where we had hymn books and you usually sang out the hymn book page number 10 was oh how i love jesus page number one was holy 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 page 27 is blessed assurance um page 411 was what a fellowship what a joy divine so you see it's all embedded in me those of you who've never heard of songbooks don't worry about it. Uh, so you don't have to. But, you know, you know you had a really good songbook if the pages were coming out of it. That's when you had a good songbook. If there was tape on it, you knew somebody had really been singing, you know, that uh, stuff. Um, and that was the context when I was raised in. And then when I got older, um, some of my background, as well as I told you that my grandmother, my, my maternal uh, side, my grandmother's on my mom's side, uh, was Church of God in Christ. So that was more of a Pentecostal expression um, that they didn't do hymn books. Um, they just sang praise songs. Um, so that stuff like that would PJ just got through singing. That's the kind of stuff that you would hear. And though they sang that song probably for four minutes, that would usually be like 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes of one song. Not five, just one song. Like, what do you know about Jesus? He's all right, and he's all right, he's all right, he's all right, he's all right. And if you got tired after 15 minutes, they'd be like, come on! I mean, it, just, it went on, and it went on, and went on, and on, and on. And, you know, there's, and I, 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 I'm careful of making fun of it because there was a lot of power in those moments where they didn't have screens, there were no words on the screen, uh, but you would see these mothers and people shouting and giving God praise, broke, have all different types of situations, but those 30 or 40 minutes could shift the entire uh, rest of not only the service, but of their life. And um, that is the context that I was raised in. And when I was growing up, you didn't hear a lot about praise and worship. Uh, you didn't hear that. You heard devotion or praise songs and stuff like that, but you didn't hear praise and worship. That has been a, a growing uh, concept, especially particularly in the African-American experience. It's been a growing concept that we had. And it's interesting that we never say worship and praise is always praise and worship. I don't know who came up with that format, but you always hear praise and worship. And really, it is a biblical format. Because according to scripture, I think it's over in Psalm 100 when it says, uh, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, 
um, and to his courts with praise. That's like I enter in with praise. Like you can't start anything without first giving God praise. Like just giving him glory and, and honor and ascribing him and who he is and praising him. And then praise will introduce you to worship. Praise will uh, bring me a list of different things. I'm grateful, I'm great, or whatever. But when it comes to worship, it's only God. It introduces me and brings me into his presence. And I said that I want to start there because I want to just for a few moments teach you and teach all of us biblically um, how different expressions of praise and worship are in the Bible. Um, and I want to make sure you know some of these words you have, may have never heard before because they are the Hebrew words. But for those of you who are studiers of the Bible and you've been in church all of your life, you know these words. But I want to make sure that all of us learn these words. Are y'all ready to learn these words? All right. The first word of how to express praise and worship to God is a word called Barak. Someone say Barak. I'm not talking about President Barak. It is a Hebrew word called Barak, and it means to bow down or kneel before the Lord. And you'll find scripture reference for that in Psalm 72 and verse 12 through 15. It says to bow down or to kneel before the Lord. What that means is there are times that you will feel led to Barak, like to, to lay down or to kneel before the Lord. When we have kings and presidents who come into the room, we stand. But when the Lord comes in, we bow. That is Barak. And then there's the second word called Hallel. Someone say Hallel. The word Hallel is, means to shine, to boast, to rave about, to celebrate, or even to be clamorously foolish. <laughs> Hallel. What that means is it's almost like a praise that causes you to be violent in a sense. Not, not hitting anybody, but it's just, it causes you to shine and to boast and to celebrate. Hallel, which also is a derivative of the word hallelujah, which hallel, which means to praise. Luya is Yahweh, which is supreme to boast and to praise and to rave about or celebrate the Lord. So when we say hallelujah or what basically a lot of times what we do wrong in the church is say Pastor Caesar or another pastor gets up and they'll say something like praise the Lord. What do we say? That's what we do. It's wrong. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. So if I get up before you and say praise the Lord, what do we do? Praise the Lord. Not say it back. It's almost like when we're in, you know, somewhere and we say, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Like, it's just like, how you doing? How you doing? No one ever does it. Hallelujah means it's a command to boast and to rave and to shout clamorously, not to just be sitting around just like, oh, hallelujah. No, it, it will cause you, when you start thinking about the goodness of the Lord, it will make you want to be loud about it and to rave about it. If he's ever made a way for you, if he's ever done anything for you, it'll make you want to talk about it and say something about it. Has, has anybody ever experienced something in God and you wanted to keep it to yourself but you just couldn't and you couldn't wait to get on the phone and say let me tell you about what God did that's what it means to shine to boast to rave about while I'm talking loudly there's another word called Shabbat 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 means to loud to shout loudly or command so when we say Shabbat, it is not, the, now here, you notice these words are not Baptist words, Methodist words, Kojic words, Pentecostal words, Apostolic words. These are all Bible words. So when we say stuff like, you know, that's what the Pentecostals do. No, that's what the Bible does. To praise and to worship is biblical. Someone say it's biblical. It's in the Bible. There is nowhere in the Bible that it just talks about not doing anything. Nowhere. 
Everything requires something. So Shabbat is to shout loudly or to command. And that's Psalm 63, verse 1 through 4. And then there's another one that's called Tehillah. And I didn't say tequila. I know what type of church I have. Y'all like, that's in there? I knew he was good. Come on, Jesus, and your tequila. No, tequila. The word tequila means to sing unrehearsed or unplanned praise. That is where we get the new concept of praise break. I didn't plan it, but I started thinking about how good it was, and it started to move through me to a way that it was unplanned. It was unrehearsed. It wasn't something that I planned to do. I actually planned to keep my weave tight today. I actually planned to stay in my seat today. I actually did not plan to shed a tear today. I actually didn't plan to run today. But when that thing started to get up in me, it was unplanned. It was a tequila type of praise. Have anybody ever experienced that type of thing where you're just like, oh, my God, I am what did I do, y'all? <laughs> like, what happened? Some of y'all have never experienced that, and the reason you haven't experienced it is because you're in the way. When you're in the way, God's not in your way. So what happens is, like, I ain't never done that because you're thinking. When I think about it, I don't want to be embarrassed. I remember when I was a teenager, um, and I never had what you call game. I, I just don't. I was, I was very corny. I just, I still am. I just never had it. Um, all I had was a keyboard and a piano. That's all I had. So when we used to go to these church conventions, you know, my, my, my brothers, they were, I don't have, well, I only have one biological brother, but I, I called my friends my brothers. So anyhow, um, that we grew up with, and we would go to these conventions, and they were suave. And one particular brother, Gary, uh, he always had good hair. Like, he just be you know and he was light-skinned you know back in the 90s light skin was in <laughs> so he was lighter than me I know I'm light-skinned but he was lighter than me so he he was working that thing so he would walk around and everybody would be with him you know so everyone like Gary he's so nice and he's so kind you know whatever they like Gary well and I'll just be you know carrying everybody's you know bags of lunch because Gary had everybody well that was you know don't it's all right I've survived I've got counseling so I'm all right. So uh, I'm just, just, you know, having a little PTSD right now. I'm just playing. No, I was all right. So anyhow, but when um, what happened was Gary worked as long as we weren't in church. But when we got in church, well, I would go play the piano and sing. Then all of a sudden they'd be like, oh, my God. Oh, he can sing. And Gary would be like, if you wouldn't have just sang, we would have been straight. He said, but every time they give you the microphone, everybody we think we got, now all of a sudden they come to you. It, but it worked against me because all, the, all those that I might have gained in singing, I lost in shouting. See, I always loved God, even when I was 13, 14, 15. So I could only keep my cool so long. So I'll be sitting on the pew, I'll be like, hey, what's up? Come on. Come to Jesus. No, whatever. So we were sitting down the pew, and all of a sudden they would start singing. I'd be like clapping. All of a sudden, I'm like, wow! You know, Tahila would hit me. And as soon as I came back down, my pew was empty. All the girls who liked me were afraid of me. They were like, oh, he does too much. He does because I was never ashamed. I was never embarrassed. That's why I am the way that I am today. I had to be a pastor. I had no other choice. I couldn't attract people any other way. 
<laughs> but I'm saying that I, I, had I had always had a relationship with God that was unashamed. And I'm saying to all of us, you have to be unashamed. The scripture says in Romans, to be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of salvation to everyone who believes. And is there anybody in the room who just lift your hand and say, I'm not ashamed. I'm, I'm not ashamed. Now, you might not clear out your role like I did. But to be able to make sure that you don't just do a good job dating in the streets, but date in church, too. So the same God that you shout about in here, they should be able to say, hey, they really believe this thing. This is really a real thing. So Tehillah is to have unpraised, unplanned praise. Then there's a word called Toda. I sound like Byron Cage going through all this stuff. Toda means to extend or to raise your hands in thanksgiving. Let's do it right now. Everybody just raise your hands. It's a stick up. Everybody raise your hands. That's what it means. It means to extend or raise our hands in thanksgiving. What that means is I'm not just raising my hand because of music. When I raise my hands, I'm raising it in thanksgiving. Like it's a sign, Lord, I'm just grateful. I'm just, I, I honor you. Uh, we used to sing a song a long time ago. If I can't say a word, I just raise my hands. Toda. It means I will raise it. Uh, uh, Richard Smallwood wrote the song. It says, I lift my hands in total, toda, praise to you. That's what it means. It's not just uh, like every act is a, is a worship to God like I'm doing that. And then here comes the musicians with a word called zamar. It means to touch the strings most rejoicingly. Do you not know that all of this is not just going through the motions? All of this is biblical. Everything you see, don't come to Growth Point and be like, oh, it's a lively church. It's a biblical church. Don't come to Growth Point and be like, oh, they just have a good time. We have a Bible time. Like when you hear people making noise, it's not a black thing. It's a Bible thing. It's not an African-American persuasion, but those a lot of people say, I like it until it gets loud. It's Bible. Shabbat. So everyone says, I don't like it when you get loud. Don't read the Bible then. Because I'm going to get loud every time I think of his goodness to me. The devil's been loud all week. I'm going to outshout the devil. Got to outshout the lies. Got to outshout persecution. Got to outshout everything that's trying to cripple me. I've got to outshout it because God is better than what's trying to crush me. It's Bible. So tomorrow when you see musicians, it's not about a gig on Sundays. It's a Bible. It's a biblical response. It's worship. How do I know this? You want Bible for it? It says that even when there was a depressing, uh, oppressing spirit on Saul. The Bible says they called for David and said, let him play. And when David played, what was, on, what was on Saul left him. Musicians have the power to play through devils. They have the power to play through depression. They have the power to pray through oppression if they are anointed. I'm not saying skillful. I said anointed. Which means just like I'm called, so are musicians called. Have you ever had someone play so well? You like something about when they play. Jesus. Come here, let's go into the world. Every time I hear Anita Baker, I'm like, listen, I apologize too. Come on here. Every time you hear, you, you know, you hear Fantasia. Some of y'all don't like Fantasia. But every time her lip quivers, I'm like, mine does too. <laughs> There's a certain call. <laughs> There's a certain anointing that people have. 
It's the same thing for those of you who are teachers. There are same thing for those of you who are social workers or those of you who are out there working uh, street. Uh, you do uh, uh, bus monitors or whatever. There's a certain anointing that you have to work with those children. A certain anointing that you have to be in the false care situ- foster care a program or whatever. There's a certain anointing and all of us have a certain call. Look at someone sound called to do this. Zamar. Now, this is the part right now that this is this is the word that only me and Amaya like. Me only, me only Amaya like this. There's another Hebrew word called Shaval. Someone say Shaval. It means to spin around in a circle and dance. See how I just went through Amaya right there. It means to spin around in a circle and dance. For all of y'all who be like they dance too much at growth point. It's the Bible. Shaval. Someone said put a dance on it. I'm talking about not Friday night, not Saturday night. Every chance you get to worship God, put a dance on it. Listen, because the more you dance with that and don't dance with him, that will keep you locked up, but he will set you free. The reason that I dance is not because I have rhythm. I dance because it's Bible. I have no rhythm out in the streets. Those of you who know me know I do not. I try. I can do no dance challenges. None of them. I try. I try to do, what's that, the Tamiya, what was it, what's that? I try to do that. It looked churchy. It looked like I was in a choir. Sitting there rocking side to side. It's like, it's falling in love. I didn't know what to do. But put me in church. I tell you, I can dance up and down this aisle. I dance all around New Circle Road because he gets down in my feet. He anoints my feet with oil. Because that is a beat that I can dance to because it's biblical. It's biblical. I'm not good out in the streets, but I'm good in the sanctuary. I can dance. I want anybody to come up on this stage and try to outdance me. And you won't be able to outdance me. I'm just playing. But I'm saying it is biblical. Look at someone say it's biblical. I'm making humor because I know a lot of these words you have never heard before. But to really know when you see somebody's hands up, you are able to say, hey, what they're doing is todah. When you see someone have an unprayed, uh, unplanned praise, you're saying that's tahila. When you see someone uh, be able to extend their hands vigorously, uh, yada, I forgot that one. Extend their hands vigorously in complete surrender. That is yada, which means, excuse me, I forgot to do that one. Yada and todah are closely related. Todah means to be able to raise my hand in thanksgiving. Yada means I'm lifting my hands to surrender. It's a different posture. I lift my hands in praise to you, then I lift my hands and surrender to you. Do you know surrendering is a posture of worship? To take your hands off of it and say, God is yours. Do me a favor, let's say that right now. Everybody in the room say, God is yours. It's a form of worship. To be able to say, God, you're bigger than this. I can't do anything with it. So I yada you and I say, God, I surrender it to you. It's yours. Everyone put that in the comment section. Those of you who are streaming, say it's yours. To be able to be able to extend and to release whatever you're going through. To be able to say, God, it belongs to you. All of that was introduction to be able to bring me to this particular text today. And as we look at this text today, we find uh, what I consider some cycles that I want to help all of us identify with. I don't know if any of you all have felt like you've been on a cycle, a cycle of repeating things. And I want to help everybody to identify with some of the cycles you might be in right now. When we look at this particular scripture, we find that um, Jesus, uh, he had entered into a certain village. Now, Bible says in verse 13. It says, now when they went into a certain village, which means that Jesus didn't come by himself. 
He had posse with him. Jesus and his disciples came into a certain village. And what that means is whenever Jesus comes, he always brings others with him. He always brings disciples. And a lot of us, we have a hard time. We love Jesus, but we have a hard time liking who he's associated with. A lot of us love Jesus. I love Jesus. It's his people I don't like. (laughs) And you have to ask the Lord to help you with his people. You have to ask the Lord to help you with his people. And that's why I'm very careful when I say, um, I'm very careful. I talk to people different times. I'm very careful when people go down this list of talking about the church and how, what they don't like about the church. And I don't like this about the church. I'm not talking about growth point. I'm just talking about universal. And I, I'm careful about it only because I'm saying under my breath, God, those are your people. I don't have to like them, but they're yours. Every Sunday when y'all see me come in here and I kneel before I get up or anything, the first thing I say every Sunday, every single Sunday, there's never been a Sunday, I don't say it, I say it every single Sunday, I say, Lord, these are your people, don't let me get in the way. Every Sunday, simple prayer, it ain't long, it ain't deep, I'm saying, Lord, these are your people, don't let me get in the way. I don't ever want to get in the way because when I get in the way, that means he can't be used. He can't be, he can't speak. And I don't ever want to be, I don't ever want to get better than him. But here it is. Jesus entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Put my, um, put my uh, diagram up there real quick. So I want to talk to you real quick about the cycle of doing. Put that up there. The cycle of doing. Many of you all have been in this cycle. And I'm going to take this scripture and teach from this cycle, the cycle of doing. Someone say, I've been in a cycle of doing. I've been in a cycle of doing. So it says that Jesus came. I'm just going to the scripture. Jesus came into the room. Jesus came to the village, came to the house. The scripture says that the first thing that Martha did was welcomed him into her house. All of us start with a welcome. All of us, every last one of us, no matter where you are, you start with a welcome. Last Sunday, we had about five or six people that gave their life to Christ. What that was was a welcome, a welcome to save me. I welcome you in. I welcome you in. What do you do? I welcome you in to save me. Everybody started with a welcome. Now, what happens is, Pastor Caesar, is that when it comes to the culture of doing that many of us teach, and this is why I'm trying to challenge all of us, many of us teach this, we go from you got saved last Sunday This Sunday, we put you to work. So the first thing, once you give your life to Christ is, where are you going to work? Where are you going to work? In the ministry. Now, this is what's hard. How is it that I just got saved from my sins last week, and now you want me to work from my sins next week? I just got saved last week, confess. Now I got to jump into ministry immediately, and I don't even know what this is all about yet. I don't even know what to do. Do you see how quiet it is in this Episcopalian experience? Because what we do all the time is a lot of times, as soon as we get saved, we automatically put you in the choir, automatically put you in the worship team, automatically make you a deacon, automatically make you on person, whatever it is, we can throw you in there. And what happens is if you get thrown into the water without being trained, you will drown. So why a lot of people are messed up is because you got saved and then all of a sudden you started working and you don't even know why you got saved in the first place. All of a sudden you came to Grow Point for the first Sunday, last Sunday, and this Sunday we put you to work and you don't even know the church nor me yet. And we say we need workers. Yes, but I don't need workers who don't even know why. We don't need workers who don't know why they're here or what's going on. But what happens is in the cycle of doing is we welcome you. That's what Mary, what Martha did. Welcome. Come on in. Come on in, Jesus. 
Come on in, Jesus. I, want, I welcome you here. I'm so happy you're here. I welcome you. Now, we do. Now, hear this. We mean well. Look at someone say that we mean well. We do. Why do we mean well? Why do we want to go to work? The reason we want to go to work, good to see Jack. The reason we want to go to work often is, is because we're so grateful to be delivered. We're so grateful to be set free that we think that the first thing we can do is work for God. So the first thing we do is, Lord, you deliver me from crack. Lord, you deliver me from weed. Lord, you deliver me from sex. Lord, you deliver me from alcohol. So because of that, I got to work. And what we do is we work in anxiety because we're scared that if we don't work, we'll go back to what we got delivered from. So we fill our life with busyness because we're afraid that my past might creep up behind me and grab me. But that's not Bible. Bible says 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, uh, somewhere there, it says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What it means is once I'm in Christ, my past no longer has me. You can't work your way into deliverance. You don't have to work this thing. You don't have to constantly be on edge and think you're going to slip up. Some of you can't enjoy Jesus because you're so afraid that you're going to mess up. <sighs> you cannot enjoy this moment because you're afraid that somebody's going to find out what you're still doing. You think somebody's going to find out and they're going to judge you because you want to be a good worker. Worker means a hypocrite, which means a play actor. I want to act like everything is okay, so I will work myself, make sure you call me this, call me that, put me on this board, put me on that board, because my work is really hiding who I really am. So I will be a good worker, but I will never be a worshiper. So the cycle is in church is we welcome Jesus in, we welcome you in, put you into work, and then we tell you about worship. So we say, come back next Sunday so we can worship together again. So we think that this is all there is. I welcomed him in. I worked my way in. Now I worship him on Sundays publicly. We think that this is the only time. So we come together to publicly worship. We come together to sing songs. We do all that type of stuff on Sundays to just worship God publicly. But what happens is after you welcome, after you work, and after you worship God, what happens is if that order is the order that you learn, eventually that leads to worry. How do I know this? I got Bible for it. Someone say he's got Bible for it. Please know y'all's quietness is not bothering me. I came ready for y'all. I'm loaded. Because the Bible says that after Martha welcomed him in, the Bible says that her sister, I'm going to talk about her sister a little bit later and what Mary did, but it says that Martha got, Martha, uh, instead of worshiping, Martha got distracted with much worrying. Martha got distracted by what? By her sister. Martha got distracted by her sister, which was others. Worry is the worry is the worship of others. Y'all gonna get that by Thursday. What is worship? Worship is ascribing worth to. So anything you're worried about, you have ascribed worth to it. So some of us who talk about haters, you are worshiping them by talking about them.
those of you who are talking about, I can't believe they said and these, that, all the time, but you have worshipped the opinions of other people. That does not matter. But anytime you've given them a platform, you have now created an altar for them to be worshipped on. So anytime you talk to other people and your conversation is always about someone else, that means they are the center of your worship. So if I'm talking to you and everything, 75 to 85 percent of what you say includes somebody else, then that means they have become your God because that's where your focus is. So when we leave churches, what do we talk about? Not God, people. When we leave worship assemblies and we leave church and hop around, what do we talk about? They did. He did. She did. I still remember when he did. I still remember the moment where they did. You can't get to God because you're worried about your other God. So you have made people something that you worship on. Worship is to ascribe worth to. Now, how is this biblical in this holy library assembly today? It's because when we look at this Bible, when we look at this scripture, it says that Martha was distracted so much so, Brianna, that Martha looked at her sister and got irritated. She looked at her sister and got irritated. This is the part that got me, Mother Carol, is that she did not go to her sister. She went to Jesus. She said, can you do something about her? Do you not see me working? Do you not see me out here doing all this stuff? Do you not see me on the street ministry? Do you not see me helping people and helping to do all this stuff? Do you not see me doing this stuff? And here she is sitting, doing nothing. Her worry was about others. My problem with that, Pastor Guillaume, is that why is it that she, I'm going to lose some of y'all. I already lost half of y'all anyway, but I'm going to lose the rest of y'all here. Why is it? That she had an issue with her sister, but she went to Jesus instead of her sister. My problem was human, but I went to divine. Which means you skip relationship and went to tattletale. Your relationship was with your sister. But instead of you going to your sister, you went to tell God about your sister. God have mercy. I feel like I'm preaching on the wrong Sunday. What happens is a lot of us shout about God on Sunday and don't speak to your sister on Monday. We shout good on Sunday. We love good, but we do not speak to the people we're supposed to be in relationship with the rest of the week. And you think that God's supposed to bless your non-speaking self? Look at someone say, this is really tight today. This is really tight. I'm so glad y'all shouted last Sunday. It was Easter. After he gets up, we got work to do. Because what happens is that Martha did not even go to her sister and say, Mary, can you help me? You see, we, we are not only housing Jesus, we handling Jesus and Peter. He brought Bartholomew here. Can you not help us? Can you not do whatever you got to do? You sitting here, but can you help me in the kitchen? Can you help me for a moment? 
She didn't even go to her sister to tell her what the issue was, but went to Jesus to tell Jesus about her issue with her sister. (sighs) Dear church, dear Growth Point Church, dear Episcopal people, dear Library Saints of God, listen, if you speak better to God than you speak to people you're supposed to be in community with, you got this thing upside down. You can't speak to God and hate your children. You want Bible for it? How do you love God who you've never seen and hate your brother who you see every day? Now hear me. Some of you are like, but they hurt me. So what? You're making, you are worshiping the hurt instead of worshiping the healer. Of course it hurt. Of course they dropped you. Of course, all that different type of stuff happened, but God can still heal. God can still help you. God can still deliver you. Your story's not over because somebody hurt you. They ain't it. They cheated. Okay. What are you going to do with it? If you want to leave, leave. But don't keep rehearsing the same thing over and over again because you are now creating an altar to worship that. Oh, Lord, this sounded so much better in my head than it does today, Jesus. Martha skipped her sister and went to Jesus. That's what religion teaches you. To skip people and go to Jesus. Like we say stuff like, I don't need Jesus. I mean, I don't need people. I just need Jesus. Pastor Jennifer said that a few weeks ago. God has created us to have a relationship with other people. One, by, one, one person in the Bible says, since y'all, y'all won't be talking today. One person in the Bible said, Jesus said, well, the, the guy said, he says, uh, I've done everything correctly. I've sold my goods. I've, I've done everything I've given to the poor. And Jesus said, you've done good. He said, one thing you need to do. And he said, what do I need to do, Jesus? And he said, uh, uh, you need to love your neighbor. You know what he said? Who is my neighbor? Do you know all of us ask the same question? Now, who exactly is that? Like, I, I love my pastor, but who Who else you want me to love? Like we have selective love. That's why I have an issue and I talk about it all the time with a lot of our focus on Sunday mornings or Sunday afternoons in this context. That we focus so much, we have made sin uh, listed in hierarchy. So we think that my stuff is is good, but your stuff is bad. So when we start coming into uh, same-sex things and and, uh, other areas or whatever, we call those, oh, those are an abomination before God. But you can lie. But you can steal. You don't steal. Oh, uh, you remember we used to have those, we used to burn DVDs. (laughs) Don't, don't act like, don't, don't, y'all get tight. Y'all like, I ain't never stolen. How did you see that movie? <laughs> you know, you used to have the, the burning the CDs where everybody would get one. That, like, they, 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 they bind CDs and you would, you would make your own and you would, you would put all that type of stuff. I've aged myself. Though. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But a lot of us have done stuff, you know, and for, for look, how many of y'all have broken fire sticks? Somebody said, just preach the word. It is. <laughs> I'm saying, 
Did you get that from Amazon or did you watch YouTube and find out how to do it? I'm saying all of us, but what happens is the sin you don't know about, I'm cool with. So as long as you don't know about it, I'm cool with it. But that's not how it works. It's not how it works. A lot of times when we start putting other people in, the, in our focus and start not forgiving people and not letting things go, it has now become our area of worship because now we are now worshiping hurt and worshiping wounds. And Martha, instead of going to her sister, went to Jesus and says, can you do something about my sister? This is what I hated, Pastor Guillaume. She never said, can you do something about me? But can you do something about her? How many of y'all have come to church and said, so-and-so needs to hear this word? You see that nervous laughter y'all just did? <laughs> Doing it right now. <laughs> so-and-so needs to hear this. That so-and-so. I need to turn up the volume. Those of you who are at home, I turn up the volume. I hope he hears it in there. All that type of stuff. But while you're praying that God works on them, have you ever lifted your hands and said, God, work on me? What that means is, if they never change, Lord, let me. Like, if they never do anything, Lord, I, I know I am the work in progress. And, and I can't point out someone else's flaws and forget my own. Lord, work on me. Sometimes the greatest form of worship you can give is lifting your hands and surrender and say, Lord, me, 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 me. So that's what happened is that Martha, she looked and said, can you care my sister? And Jesus said to her, he says, you know, you're worrying has got you to the place of wonder. Wonder means you're so focused on others, you don't even know what your purpose is. Whew. Might not ever get invited to the potter's house, but today at Growth Point, I'm going to preach this word. Because you are focused so much on people, it keeps you from learning your purpose. So you are constantly wondering, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Because people are always in your view. Let me, let me ask real quick, just so I can feel better about myself. I just have a little pride I'm still working on, just so I feel better about myself. Is this message for anybody? Just raise your hand. If this message, you're like, this is, this, it's hurting, but it's for me. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. For the rest of y'all, come back next week. I'll be better. But to be able to get to the point, for some people who are saying stuff like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm here for. If I listen to you talk long enough, I can tell you why you don't know what your purpose is. Because people are who you focus on right now. Who did it? Why they did it? Where they did it at? I can't press in. I can't do this. Because of people. You have to get people out of the way and learn how to worship in spite of people. Because of that, because Martha was so focused on her sister, Jesus said, you're worried and troubled about stuff that doesn't even concern you. Pastor Caesar posted something the other day. I actually liked it. He posted, I'm not saying I don't like all your posts. I'm so sorry. Let me clean up around that because that, that sounds a little strange. Uh, but he posted something the other day. And he says, a lot of times when we preach, um, and if, I'm, I'm, if I say it wrong, I'm, I'm plagiarizing anyway. He, a lot of times he says, uh, we preach stuff and we say, shout. Because if you sh if shout for somebody else's blessing, I think that's what you said. Shout for somebody else's blessing, somebody else, what they do. He said, because if you shout for what they do, then yours is on the way. How many times y'all heard that? Shout for somebody else's blessing. I've said it. I ain't going to lie. I said it. I've said it too. I've said it. But how unbiblical that is, is 
if you're shouting for somebody else's blessing, that means you were worried if you were going to get blessed. This church ain't working today. <laughs> if I'm shouting on somebody else's thing, that means I'm focused on their stuff. I think that God has forgotten about me, so I'm going to shout to remind him I'm worthy of being blessed too. Pick me. Do it for me. Heal me. Bless me. I want to boo. You want to boo. All God's children want to boo. And when you do that, it's unbiblical because I don't worship God for his gifts. I don't worship God for his things. I worship God because he's good. That means if he never gives me what I want, he's still good. That means if he never gives me the house I want, he's still good. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's Jesus who died on the cross and got up for you that you might have eternal life. If that ain't worth shouting about, I don't know what is. He's not rubbing bottles or bellies to see what you want. He's not a horoscope. He is not a tarot card reader. He's not trying to make you feel good and tell you what's going on in your life. He is the God whether you walk through the valley of the shadow of death or whether you're on the mountaintop. He is with you in battle. He is with you in victory. He is with you in trials. He is with you in triumph. He is with you in sickness. He is with you in health. He is with you in death. He is with you in life. No matter what season you're in, God is good. That's why the songwriter said, all my life he has been faithful. All my life, he has been so good to me. Doesn't matter what I've gone through. He's always been good. Someone say he's always been good. Doesn't matter what's happened. No matter what's going on, he's always been good. Don't worship God. Don't shout for somebody else's blessing. Shout because he's good. Which means whether he never blesses me the way I think he should bless me, I still love him. I love him just because. That is the cycle of doing but God wants us to move from the cycle of doing. Doing means, this is a word that we don't use a lot in the church, it's called legalism. The word legalism means I do stuff to be recognized. That's where we get some of the false teaching of some of the holiness reformations. Where we do stuff like if I do something wrong, then that means I can lose my salvation. That means that I'm always teetering on the edge of hell. Because that means if I do something wrong, then I can I can I cannot be saved anymore, and I gotta be saved again because I messed up. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that it is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. Salvation is a gift of God. And the last time I checked, he's not Santa Claus. He's not checking a list to see who's naughty or nice. He gives us a gift because we don't deserve it, but he paid it all. That's why I told her. That's why I Shabbat. That's why I Tehillah. Because he gave me what I didn't deserve. Because if he gave me what I deserved, I wouldn't be on this microphone today. If he gave me what I deserved, I would not be in church today. If he gave me what I deserved, I would not be in my right mind today. But thank God for not giving me what I deserved. 
That is worth praising God because to know you is to know you shouldn't be loved. To know you is to know you shouldn't be forgiven. To know you is to know you shouldn't be given another chance. But aren't you so glad that God does not put your sins on a refrigerator and remind you of it. But he puts his love on display. And the Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him are there any whoever's in this room? I do not have what I deserved. He gave me what I didn't deserve. It's a cycle of doing. But God wants us to move from a cycle of doing to a cycle of being. Someone say being. The cycle of being is different. Go there to my next slide. The cycle of being goes like this. Once it gets up there, the cycle of being goes like this. When I welcome God... I'm not welcoming God for salvation. Hold on. Ebony, I'm not working, worshiping God or welcoming God for salvation. I'm welcoming God because I need him. I want everything you got. So I worship God or I welcome you into my life, not just to save me, because a lot of us want just the saving God, the salvation God, the savior God. Like, hell, oh, he saved me. That's good. But I don't just want him to save me. I want him to be with me. I want him to stay with me. We used to sing the song a long time ago. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the son of God discloses. And we say, and he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me that I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Have anybody, can you praise God that he walks with you? Can you praise God that he talks with you? Can you praise God that he will Netflix and chill with you? Can you praise God that he will sit there with you while you're scrolling on Instagram? Can you praise God that while you're trying to cut yourself and end your life, that God will be with you and say, when you get through cutting, I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be right here. When you get through being high, I'm going to be right here. When you get out of that bed, I'm going to be right here. When you get through with that bottle, I'm going to be right here. Can we praise God that he's always there? I welcome God, not because it's Sunday. I welcome him because Monday's coming. Did the last say? I welcome because Tuesday's coming. I welcome him because I'm going through stuff that without him I could be nothing. I welcome him because I need thee every hour I need thee. I welcome him because I need you more than a praise breaker. I need you when I'm facing a sentence in prison. I need you. Welcome God because I want you. Someone lift your hand and say, I just want you. I just, I just want you. I want God. So I welcome God, not for salvation, which means I just don't want you to save me. I want you to stay with me. Moving from there, then I'll worship you just for who you are. Not for what you can do. I worship you for who you are, which I'm, which I'm saying is for us church. Once we get people to start, when we start to say, hey, you may came up to give your life to Christ. Thank you. I'm so glad you did. But I don't want you just come up to give your life to Christ, give a, give a moment to Christ. I want you to give your life to Christ. It's a difference. Not just coming up and confess, you saved me for this moment. No, you will save me for my life. Once I get you there, I can't move you to work yet. Because if I move you to work, that means you can start working for God and never know God. 
Oh, Jesus, have mercy. I put in my point. I don't know if you got it. All right. Your ministry to Jesus must come before your ministry for Jesus. Your ministry to Jesus must come before your worship to Jesus. Like, before you start working for him, worship him. Like, I want to make sure that I know God, because what I'm saying is, Shaw, sometimes, and hear me, and I'm going to wrap it up in a minute, Jamar, sometimes we know church and we don't know Christ. We know church work. We know how to be churchy. We know how to, hallelujah, praise the Lord. God bless you. We know how to do all of that stuff. We know how to be churchy and rude. Churchy and hypocritical. Churchy and judgmental. Don't leave here. Just look at me. Don't look at nobody beside you. It ain't them. It's you. Just, just look at me. We are judging. Like while I'm preaching, you, you think you can preach it better. He ain't said that yet. You ain't read yet. Because it's not about the sermon I proclaim. It's supposed to be about the sermon I live. My life should always outweigh what I say. Here it is that we got to make sure put the diagram back up there that we're not just getting welcome God into our life, but then I worship God, which is to make sure that we get to the point that Mary said, I know that there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but Jesus hadn't been in my house before. So because he's never been here, I've got to sit with him because I've never seen him this close. He has been to many other houses, but he ain't never been to mine. So since he's here, I can't let this moment go away because I'm busy. I can't be so busy that I miss him with me. I can't be so churchy that I miss being with him. I can't let my title be more important than the God of my salvation. I can't be so churchy that I miss a moment. She said, I can't. I'm sorry, Martha. I know the children need somebody to teach. I'm sorry, Martha. I know the worship team needs more singers. But I've been waiting for a long time for Jesus to give me a house visit. I've been going through so much. I've had so much happening in my life that I haven't had Jesus this close to me in a long time. I've been in the crowd. I've been in the crowd, but I ain't never had him have a one-on-one -on -one with me. I, I have been in the crowd, but I, I have never had him sit with me like this. I, I have been in the crowd, but I ain't never had him talk to me like this. I, I have been in the crowd, but I have never thought I was worthy enough for him to come to my house. I heard he went over there, and I heard he went over there, and I always wondered, would he come in my house? I heard him go a lot of places. I, I heard him do a lot of things, but I always wondered, can you heal me? I heard him deliver a lot of people. I've heard breakthrough happen in a lot of places, but I, can you do it for me? So Mary said, there's a lot of moments 
that I have to work, but I don't have a lot of moments with Jesus is right here. I ain't got a lot of moments, and I'm saying to you all right now, don't you dare miss your moment. Musicians, I'm finished. Don't, don't you dare miss your moment. Look at somebody and say, don't miss your moment. Don't, don't miss a moment. What I mean is Jesus did not have to come to her house, but he did. I'm trying to tell you this week, I'm trying to tell you, those of you, you are in line for a house visit. You are next in line for a house visit. And when he comes, it is not the time to scroll on Instagram. When he comes, it is not the time to be live on Facebook. When he comes, it is not the time to scroll through and watch a whole Netflix series and binge watch. It is the time to bow down before him and say, I never thought you would come. I never thought you would come to my house. I never thought you would visit me. Who am I that you are mindful of me? And the son of man that you visited me I'm so grateful that you came here to my house to my marriage to my child you came to my section 8 apartment you, you, you thought enough I'm not even evangelist I'm not even a minister. I'm not a pastor. I haven't prayed in days. I don't even know what to say to you. The only thing I know how to say is, welcome. 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 I feel like there's a moment happening right now. Will you lift your hand and say, welcome. Come on, just, Lord, I've been waiting for you to sit down with me. I'm anxious, I'm, I'm worried, I'm concerned, I'm, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm mad, I'm all of that at the same time. Welcome to my dorm. Welcome to my prayer closet. I ain't never had you in here before, but welcome. You see all these bills? Welcome to my mess. You see all this pain? Welcome. Now, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do with it, but I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you decided to visit me. I didn't even have time to clean up because I didn't know you were coming. I didn't even have time to straighten up my stuff because I didn't know you were coming. And Jesus says, I didn't want to come when you had it straightened up. I came to help you clean it up. I know you're hurt, but I came to heal you. I know you're hurting, but I came to lift that up from you. I, I, all I want you to do is spend time with me. All I want you to do is lift your hands to me. All I want you to do is talk to me. I, I want you to have a little talk with me. I want you to tell me all about your trouble. I, I want you to know I'll hear your faintest cry. Welcome. Welcome. 
Jesus said to Martha, he said, you've been concerned about the wrong stuff. But Mary chose the better part. And that will never be taken from her. Her worship will never be taken from her. She'll have to find other things to do and other work to do that she's got to figure out. But her relationship with me, no one can take that away. Now she's no longer wondering what her purpose is. Now she's wondering what her purpose looks like now with God. It's one thing for me to be wandering around like I don't know what to do. But now I'm like, Lord, you with me. You're walking with me. You're, you're going to teach me. You're going to show me everything I need to know. Come on, Romans 8, 28. And all things work together for the good of them who love God. Not who work for God. For the good of them who love God. Not who get in position for God. The good of them who love God. Not for the good of those who are pastors. Not for the good of those who are apostles. But for the good of those who love God. And I want to ask you, do you love them? I didn't ask you, are you in sin? I didn't ask you, are you doing something wrong? I didn't ask you, are you, are you still got a buzz on you? I didn't ask you, are you drunk? I asked you, do you love him? And if I feel the presence of God, and if you love him, he'll heal you, he'll deliver you, he'll set you free, not just today, but every day. Sing the song all the time, every day with Jesus. It gets sweeter than the day before if you think Sunday is good try Tuesday if you think Thursday is good try Friday every day with him gets better everybody stand to your feet all over the building let's have a moment just all over the room can we just lift our hands say Lord you're welcome here you are welcome you You're the king and you're invited to come in. This sanctuary, this tabernacle, you're the king. And you're invited to uh, come in. Oh, come on, everybody, lift your hands and come on. You are welcome. Come on. You are welcome. You're the king and you're invited to come in father we're here <laughs> oh god we're here you told me you was coming i didn't know when you were coming you told me you were gonna come to my house didn't know when but lord your people here in this church we need you to come to our house 
we need you to sit with us we we need you to help us we need you to hold us we need you to dry these tears we need you to lift us up because it's hard and God we cannot be in this house without you I can't be in this house without you. I, I can't be in this life without you. I want to end my life, but God, I can't end it if you're with me. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't give up. I, I can't, I can't, I can't throw in the towel. I can't walk away. I need you in my house. Come on, somebody open your mouth. Say, come to my house, come to my house, my house. I know, I know that was Martha's house. I know that was Mary's house, but come on, call out your name. Call out your name. If, you, if you're bold enough, call out your street. Call out your zip code. Call out your city. Say, come here. 125, 313, 1400, wherever. Tell them your apartment number. Apartment A13, apartment B6, dorm room here. Come, come over here to this dorm. Come over here, wherever. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.